Hi, Harley. Hi, Kevin. It's been a while since we've done one of these. I know. <laughs> it, it feels like a while. How have you been? Uh, right here in the same apartment in, with you. In the same apartment. <laughs> but now it's 2022. I'm glad you brought that up. It Harley. sure is. Uh, and this February coming up, I don't know if you knew that it's February very soon. I've heard about it. Um, we are shaking up our episode release schedule just a little bit, but but in a way that I think our fans are going to be excited about, at least partially. Well, yeah, we kind of um, deprived everybody of a holiday special this past holiday season. Mm-hmm. And uh, you all thought we just forgot, huh? <laughs> we did not. Uh, is, it, is, is there is there is there is there a significant holiday in February? Uh, I'm just I'm just trying to think of uh, think through bank holidays. Right, um, right. Isn't this isn't one of the president's birthday <laughs> on this? We're gonna have a Valentine's Day holiday special on the 14th. Which is Valentine's Day. We're like a really bad comedy duo. <laughs> <laughs> That's why the podcast is stories we write ahead of time. Yep, because we are not good at improvising. And not riffing. Now, Valentine's Day this year is on a Monday, uh, but our $4 patrons uh, have earned our episodes two days early. Uh, that means that if you are a $4 patron, you'll receive access to our Valentine's Day episode on Saturday, February 12th. Uh, and everybody else gets it on the 14th. Yeah, and we really hope you like it. We cooked up something that we're pretty excited about. Yeah, our usual slate of bonuses will apply, so you'll get the script, you'll get a commentary, you'll get the whole bit. And then we'll be returning to our regular schedule in March. Mm -hmm. Uh, One last note. Uh, There will be one other thing that we upload to the podcast feed on February 1st. Uh, it would mean a lot to us if you all would check it out. It is a way that you can help us out that costs no money. Woohoo! That's the best amount of money. That is the ultimate price. Uh, <laughs> it is a way that you can help us out that would really, really, really be huge for us. Uh, yeah. And we would appreciate it a lot. So if during these last couple of years of uh, lonely time stuck inside, our podcast has done something for you, has helped you out in some way, um, just swing by on the first. So we're going to let you get to the episode. Tonight's tale is. I should let him say it. You should let him say it. Okay, bye, travelers. <laughs> ah, good evening, traveler, and welcome to the Penumbra. Tonight's tale is. The Demonic Dance. In all my years as a monster hunter, and the good saints saw fit to give me more than a few, I've tangled with beasts in just about every shape and size. Dragons that wear mountains like turtle shells. Trolls hard as diamonds because they were made of diamonds, naturally. Even monsters that have no shape. Demons that crawl so deep down in a man's mind you need to watch his words to tell that they are there at all. But I'll tell you now, brother, and this is the truth for all the nightmares I have seen monster kind whip up. There is nothing in this universe that delights in destruction like a Zeppelopon. Tall as the Citadel Spire, if you can believe it. Ten thousand tons of angry seafood. Their uncountable tentacles knotted up into feet like clubs. 
shredding beaks on their underneaths. Each one is a fortress on four legs. Must take a lot of energy to keep a creature that size moving. They sleep for hundreds or thousands of years at a time, buried in the sands beneath the northeast giant sea. It is the storm that sings that riles them up. Can't stand St. Damien's blessing coming down like that. So whenever that storm, that petrochorus you call it, whenever that storm gets to singing, they wake and their bellows ring and they march southward, straight through this swamp, flattening trees and whatever poor suckers outposted this far north. They march all the way to the Lake of Tranquility, St. Damien's own. And they start their terrible dance. They dance? I'm afraid I don't see how this is threatening, Sir Tristan. How do you think an ant feels when a group of us starts a two-step? When the world starts shaking, when any stomp could be the end of you and yours. And humans, we dance for joy. Maybe the Zeppelopod does, too. But what brings a good man like you or me joy isn't what gets the monsters going. It's destruction. The earthquakes from that dance, they will level every settlement for ten miles in each direction, and that's the truth. How truly awful. To delight in murder enough to dance. They're monsters. Brother can't expect much more from the beasts. About 30 years ago now, there was a small storm that sings. A drizzle, really, only enough to get one of those big fellas up out of its seabed. At the time, we thought they were unkillable. Ballast evacuated the whole thing. That's before I got my spear on it. It still got its beak somewhere in the Hall of Trophies, I think. Big enough for a man to use as his coffin. And some man would have if St. Damien hadn't come right down and blessed me with the tranquility to see it through. You see, the spot you gotta hit him is right here. I hope you don't mind. I brought some diagrams to illustrate my point. <gasps> oh, pretty impressive, isn't it? Turns out those overgrown octopi have a cluster of nerves just underneath their skin right about here. <laughs> like a brain, if the things could think. Filled with blood like you wouldn't believe. I jammed my spear in there, and in a second I was up to my ankles. Completely covered in the stuff. Ruined my best shirt. <laughs> One strike and the thing was just calamari waiting for a pan. How is that? For tranquility. And this is what you intend us to do? Puncture these zeppelopods with spear and bow and... Let the rivers run red with their blood? Well, of course not, brother. What do you take me for? Oh, saint be praised. That was just one zeppelopod. What's coming for us tomorrow is a full stampede. We'll be at it all day and night if we got those things one by one. And besides, I think they must have most of their pain receptors all bunched up in that little nerve cluster. I've never seen a beast buck and scream like that one did. You could break a leg getting too close to that thing. So instead, we will be building a trap. <gasps> oh! Oh, saints, what carnage. Impressive, isn't it? Once I build this and the zeps are all in place, you just need to fire one of those arrows at this switch right here, and the whole thing goes off. Should get every one of the beasts right in its blood balloon. <laughs> this is what you and I have that the other knights don't, Sir Damien. 
Even the great Sir Galahad never understood the power of tranquility. That with a well-formed plan, much more death with much less effort is indeed possible. Surely you don't need me just to flip a switch, Sir Tristan. Your falcon Great could... things happen when great men work together, Sir Damien. Great things. But... Ah! Oh, chivalry, you pig on wings. Is that another mouse in your jaws? Bring it here. You'll ruin your supper. In my pocket. There you go. There's my little warrior. It is an impressive plan, Sir Tristan, but... But how do I remain humble when my strategies rival even St. Damien's own? Thank you, brother. As a pious man, I can't make those observations about my own work, so I do appreciate it when others do. But I'm afraid that in the years since my resignation, I have fallen rather out of practice with the bow. I doubt I could fire an arrow, much less hit so distant a target. Really? Really? We'll have to try a different plan, then, and save yours for another siege. But... Ah, I have it. And this strategy comes with the added benefit that, without all that blood, neither of us will need to, um, ruin his shirt. Why don't we have a test, then? A test. An excellent idea. Thank you, St. Damien. That's about 20 yards. The squires could make this shot. We'll make this simple. You fire an arrow at the dagger, I've planted in this tree. And if you hit it, we use my plan. If you miss, it's yours. Agreed? I can think of no fairer measure, sir. Stand aside now. Drat! Curse these slippery fingers of mine. Well, it's a pity, but we'll just have to find another way, won't we? Hmm. Well, for my plan, I think we'll need to start immediately. We're to present a divided front, you and I. I will begin here, and you'll take your position 80 miles west of Excuse here. Excuse me a moment. Chivalry seems tired. Roost up on that tree there, Chivalry. Uh, yes. Well, uh, you may be asking yourself, but Damien, how am I to slay these beasts from so far away? Well, my brother, through the power of prayer, our saint's will shall surely... Beautiful bird, isn't he? Uh, I, I beg your pardon? Chivalry. Purebred citadel falcon, and a fine one, too. Didn't think I'd get along with one I didn't raise from an egg, but he is sharp as anything. Yes, I, I suppose he seems so. Think you could shoot him from here? Could I shoot? <laughs> oh, your sense of humor is as bloody as your strategy, Sir Tristan. Your falcon is a soldier of the citadel and a living thing besides. I would not kill it without reason. And what if I gave you a reason? What if I told you to do it? I would question your reasoning. Shoot him. I won't. Come on, shoot him. St. Damien wrote that to kill without purpose is evil. St. Damien also wrote that purpose shifts with perspective, so shooting. I am no longer a knight, and you are not my superior officer, Sir Tristan. You're right. You're right. Can't make you do anything you don't want to do. But I can tell you what I'm about to do. With that dagger? Exactly. I'm going to take this dagger in my hand, like so, my brother... And in just a moment, I'm going to throw this dagger all the way up in that tree and straight into that falcon's heart. Your own falcon? He's well-trained. Won't move unless I say so. That was not the source of my surprise, Sir Tristan. Your skills are well-known. As are yours, brother. 
<coughs> well done. Looks like you shot my dagger after all. Chivalry! Dagger, please. Thank you, my holy warrior. He would have caught that dagger before it ever grazed him, wouldn't he? Sir Damien, are you asking if I've lied to you? Misrepresented my ability somehow? Because I can see how that might cause suspicion. And I just hate if we started feeling suspicious about each other, wouldn't you? Thank you for meeting with me again this morning, brother. The storm that sings should blow in here tomorrow evening. I'll build the trap today, and I'll see you here one hour before sunset tomorrow. We'll go with my plan. One hour. Sir Tristan, I'm afraid we must meet another time. I have a previous engagement at sunset. An engagement in this swamp, I'd guess. Of course. I hate I... to break it to you, brother, but if you aren't here an hour before sunset, there won't be a swamp for you to have that engagement in. You'll have to reschedule. Sir Tristan! Now, now, Sir Damien. Tranquility. We must always remember our tranquility. Take care now. <sighs> Sir Tristan the Cold, a name that once embodied my every aspiration, a knight even my father held in high esteem. If I could spit on the youth I was dreaming of meeting such a crusader, I would. A blowhard and a braggart, nothing more. Nothing more. But those monsters he called Zeppelopod... If even a tenth of what he said is true, their path of destruction must be truly terrible. A dance that destroys all within ten miles. Why, that's ballast and jetsam villages at very least. Ten miles. That could touch even Quarry and Angelo's kin. Wherever my old rival is, he's too far to save them now. And of course the keep. Our little hut. Lord Aram and Rilla. St. Damien, is it not tranquil to weigh the ends even against such grisly means? If these beasts do truly sow and celebrate destruction, perhaps there is something right about sending a man like Tristan after them. If it saves lives, if it protects the innocent, can it truly be wrong to set the vile against the vile? And my arrow would never touch a beast itself, merely the switch of his device, and thus my pact would remain unbroken, for Tristan's trap would be the killer, not I. And there it is again. That feeling in my fingers, in my heart. Draw the bow, bring the slaughter, feel a hero again at last, feel something at last. I have within me the same killing hunger as Tristan, and it begs for blood. How long do I have, St. Damien? How long before I break my vow and reveal myself for what I truly am? The spawn of the second citadel, a murderer of all we call monster. Oh, Saint, your answer, please. You spoke to me once in that turning of fort, and I have kept your will as closely as I can, but I've not heard you since. I need your guidance, Saint Damien. I need your words. Honeysuckle. Ah! <laughs> Jumpy, are we? And what has your nerves strung so tightly today? Lord Aram, what are you doing here? 
The sun approaches its zenith, honeysuckle. You and I have an appointment. Of course, to practice the shaping words. I am terribly sorry I must have lost track of time. You aren't late. I thought only that we might lunch together while we rehearse. Yes, but here, of all the places. I can call a portal if you prefer. Keep. A portal, yes. You go first. You know how they make me queasy. They do? To tell my lord and love of Tristan or not, to admit that I have once again entangled myself in night's affairs, or... Saint Damien, guide me. Well, that was forward. Is something the matter, Damien? I'm, uh, well... uh, Is it something with the altar? Or your voice? You haven't been drinking the honey I've given you. We aren't prepared, I knew it, and the event will begin near sundown tomorrow. There's no time, I knew it. No, nothing wrong at all, my love. I saw something in the swamp that gave me a start, that's all. Burden Lord Aram with my own troubles in this state. St. Damien, but it would kill him. What was that? Prayer, my love, and nothing more. But perhaps I should return your question. Are you well? You seem concerned. (sighs) I suppose I am concerned. There is a lot at stake for me in this ritual. My work in managing this swamp has slowed considerably since the moonlit hermit was destroyed. Tomorrow's Petrochorus. Well... The ritual must succeed. It is more important to me than I can say. I hope I have not placed too much of that pressure on you and Amaryllis. Lord Aram, I do not always understand your work, but I understand what it means to you, as does Rilla. We will be there, and we will succeed. I swear it on my saint. You had better or I'll ensure neither of you ever hears the end of it. I will teach the parrots to scream obscenities in your window through every day and night. (laughs) (laughs) My, you find more and more creative ways to say thank you every year. Well, yeah, well, I just... At any rate, you seem exhausted. Surely a brief rest won't cause any harm. I do not need rest, honeysuckle. I need results. Well, suppose that I need rest, then. And suppose I have decided to take a seat right here and enjoy lunch and conversation with my love. Thank you, Keep. A brief conversation. Then we rehearse. Of course, of course. Oh, my. But the fruit is sweet today. Perfectly ripened. This often occurs just before the Petrochorus. The equivalent of the swamp dressing up for the occasion, you might say. The creative energy in that storm has many such effects. As I've heard. Uh, Lord Aram, would you happen to know by any chance of any other phenomena that the storm that sings, um, that the Petrichorus might cause in this swamp of Titan's blooms? If I started to list them now, we would miss this Petrichorus and the next. The complexity of nature at a small scale should not be understated. And what of, um, a large scale, say, a very, very, very large scale? Eloquently put, what has gotten into you? Uh, Well, I 
I wondered only if there might be dangers in the swamp to consider, large ones in particular. I wouldn't know. I was at work in the keep during the last one. Thirty years ago? I suppose I shouldn't be surprised. I have no idea what a lizard looks like as he ages. Thirty years. Yes, well, it was delicate work. Very involved. Which made that noise from those human settlements across your lake of tranquility all the more infuriating. Uh, noise? Music of a kind. Just an endless ringing of bells, 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 clanging on and on. A terrible headache. I think those may have been alarm bells. Well, in the Petrochorus it sounded like music. The keep hummed it for ages. Unbearable. The creature I was shaping at the time was very sensitive to sound, as I recall. It was... Well, I suppose it doesn't matter any longer. I never finished it. I could never quite clarify its purpose. Purpose, purpose. It seems everyone in these northern wilds is certain of his purpose today. Purpose is the very core of shaping life to your will, honeysuckle. It must be considered carefully. My purpose is to protect my keep and my swamp. When I create a creature, I must know to what end it lives, just as the universe does when it molds life. That seems terribly complicated. It is if the things can breed. Ugh, I don't bother with that anymore. There will be only one organic altar, and it will create only one creature at a time. If I may share something with you, Lord Aram, I find myself unclear on my purpose these days. It's to reproduce, obviously. (coughs) Any creature that reproduces has reproduction as its fundamental natural purpose. Otherwise, the species could not go on. How terribly simple. There are exceptions, of course. Ash dragons and phoenix and other near-immortal monsters, or creatures that are the only one of their kind that have the decency to disappear when they're done. Like you. (laughs) The keep will ensure it always has a familiar, but never another lizard lord, yes. I think, rather, I hope, that we are using different definitions of the word purpose. I would like to think my life has more value than reproduction. I don't see any difference. Lord Aram, my faith is not to be discarded. Do not mistake my emphasis, honeysuckle. I do not see any difference. If you want to wax on about the human condition... You'll need to talk to Amaryllis. My position in this swamp requires a specific view, and it is the only view I have. I see. I suppose I can understand that. But uh, if each creature is created with its own purpose, then what is there to prevent two creatures from having purposes that contradict one another? One to create and one to destroy, say. How is that a contradiction? Sounds to me like the creator gives the destroyer something to do, and the destroyer gives the creator space to do it. That is not quite what I mean. Then what of a creature that, by its nature, kills all that surround it, born amidst creatures that desire only to live? What are we to do with the unintentional destroyer? I don't believe the universe would allow such a creature to exist. But suppose it did. (sighs) May I give you an example to illustrate my point? I would appreciate it greatly. This swamp went through an extended drought when I was a hatchling. 
caused by some magical meddling with the monsoon season, I suspect. It was a horrifying sight and a far more horrifying stench. The moss and lichen populations all but dried up. And so went the fish that ate the moss, the herons that ate the fish, the crocodiles that ate the herons. A sodden, rotting grave. Gave me nightmares for, well, a very long time. So once I had grown, once I'd learned to work with the keep to shape the life that bursts from this swamp, I took it upon myself to ensure that such a famine would not happen again. A noble cause. Which I would accomplish by creating a sort of universal prey. A creature that exists only to be eaten. Partially animal, vegetable, and fungal to satisfy all diets. I attempted to make it give off sunlight as well, but I was not as skilled then as I am now. Thankfully. A creature that is born only to be eaten? What a sad and terrifying life it must have had. Not at all. I had shaped these creatures. Sweet frogs, I called them, although they were neither. To enjoy their purpose. They spent their moments as seedlings, dreaming of being eaten. And upon hatching from their seed eggs, they would seek out the nearest mouth and, on finding it, release a cloud of excited cinnamon spores that would grow into more sweet frogs and, well, season them. I was fond of cinnamon at the time. I've never seen you take anything but salt on your fruit, my lord. Hmm, well, the denizens of my swamp ate well that first day. Well enough that I was still quite full by next morning. But more sweet frogs had grown overnight, and they were quite anxious to be eaten. <sighs> the creatures would not take no for an answer. They leapt at my mouth and the mouths of the animals and forced themselves in. They died at the beds of fungal colonies in such huge numbers that the fungi were crushed beneath their bodies. And all the time the air was a cloud of brown and burning cinnamon. Suffice it to say that drought and famine are no longer what my nightmares center around. <clears throat> the keep and I needed to eradicate the creatures completely. It was a delicate and time-consuming affair, but the sweet frogs are to date the only species I have pushed to extinction. A harrowing tale well told, Lord Aram. Of course. I have simply no idea what it means. <sighs> I assumed that the role of prey within my swamp was simple, and so I created a simple species. It was a horror, a miserable dealer of misery. But again, it was the only creature I have ever needed to unmake. The rest find their place, prey or predator or both, and they either live or they don't without my meddling. And so I suppose I mean that purpose is much more complicated than it appears. I said that the human purpose is to reproduce, but it is not solely to reproduce. Nothing is purely prey. It seeks to live, to swim, to eat, to sing songs and write poetry and do sciences and who knows what else. Purpose is complicated. So much so that it can take decades, centuries, millennia to express itself clearly. I think I follow. Then, what are we to do? With our brief window, not even a century of life, we can't possibly know enough to respect another creature's purpose, to give it the room it needs to be. A uh, century. Yes. <clears throat> well, I would guess that one is supposed to try. 
Try? It's the word we've used for this three-cornered love of ours, isn't it? We try. We study one another, in a way, so that when we try next, we will try better. And if I assume always, even in anger, that your purpose or intent is more complicated than it appears, well, even if we can never know each other completely, cell by cell, as Amaryllis would say, we can aim to come as close as possible. Assume that our purpose is more complicated than it appears. St. Damien, I believe there may be something there. Yes, it was a rather elegant turn of phrase, wasn't it? But, Lord Aram, if I may ask, from your tale, it sounds as if you created life even without the moonlit hermit as a youth. And if that's the case, what is the purpose of the organic altar we will make? Without additional assistance, the creation of life can be... slow. How long did the sweet frogs require? <clears throat> a long time. Oh, my love, you'll need to specify. A very long time. Now, if you're done stalling, I think it's about time we practiced these incantations, don't you? Uh, yes, Lord Aram, of course. <clears throat> oh, singing skies, oh, rain that drums the very ground, mark us. Simple audience to your music, we small creatures who beg you unto encore and encore again. We stand in awe of your creative force, that which we call the Petrichorus, and ask only for a drop of that force for a creation of our... Excellent. The Petrichorus should begin within the hour. Keep. Commence the final preparations. Rigging, check. Organic altar, pitcher plants, check. Now all we need is the rain. Amaryllis, status report on your machine. Liquid vibration drums active and ready to record. Thank you. And Damien, are you prepared to say the shaping words? Damien? Damien? He was just here a minute ago. Perhaps he's fallen asleep somewhere. Those damned bells kept me up through the night. Same. And he was asking me all these weird questions. Do you want me to go look for him? No, no. Then you'll be gone, and I'll send him to look for you. By the time we're done with that, the ground will be dry again. The rains should continue for some time. He will be here. I'm certain of it. As you should be, my love. Just a moment to protect my own, and I will return. I wouldn't miss this for anything. Keep! A portal to the swamp's northeast edge! St. Damien, I have planned with as much tranquility as I could within one short day. I risk my oath, my family, my very soul in this attempt. Please... Speak to me. Tell me that I have your blessing. <sighs> Sir Damien, about time you got here. Sky's about to open up with our saint's own blessing. You could have practiced a little punctuality. My apologies, Sir Tristan. I had some preparations to make before our campaign this evening. Preparations? You need to hit a switch with an arrow. What preparations could you Hush, possibly... Hush, sir. Do you not hear the rain? The Petrochorus has begun. 
So it has. Well then, my job's done. Yours is to watch the shore of the giant sea over there and take aim. Once they're on top of our trap, you fire your arrow at that switch and take cover quick. They're explosive, you see? Stuff full of sharp little things. A very clever plan, Sir Tristan. Isn't it, though? The toys these knights come up with just keep getting better. But I'm afraid we won't be using it. (laughs) Must have misheard you. For a second there, I thought you said you were going to let a bunch of monsters live. Then I will enunciate. We will not be using your plan, Sir Tristan. You were right on one count, however. Your job is done. Ah, do you hear that music, sir? Did you take a tumble this morning, brother? Those are alarm bells. They're evacuating ballast, flotsam, all the rest. And how beautiful they sound in these blessed rains. But so distant, so quiet. If only there were a performance closer by. That's just the thing. That is the Zeppelopod. Look at that shore, Sir Damien, and look at their horror. They are marching out of the waves and thrashing those tentacles towards us now. Those devils sound like music to you. Not at all, sir. But what is a musical performance without an audience? Sir Damien, this is your last chance. Do you hear me? So help me, I will start this trap with you and those saintless squids on top. And I will ensure you never get the chance. Now, where is that recording device? Oh, thank you, Myrilla. Now to amplify the volume and... St. Damien, let my night of research bring truth. Let my tranquil preparation bring victory. If no creature is purely prey, as Lord Aram says, then surely no creature is purely destroyer. Here, O oh undersea giants, here! If bells are what you desire, surely you will chase the source that comes closest by. <laughs> here they come, and so light on their tentacles. You aren't destroyers at all, are you? Now follow me, dancers of the depths, and I will give you just the stage you seek. My, these creatures really do sing like bells. It seems my hypothesis was true, and my night of stealth in ballast to record the sound of these bells was not wasted. With this recorder, I may speak to these singing titans in their own tongue. Sir Damien, where do you think you're going? The trap is this way. You lure those beasts here. I think not. I rather enjoy their company. The company of monsters! You've lost your mind, brother! If so, I hope to never find it. Join us, Sir Tristan. There will be room enough for all of us to dance together. <laughs> Chivalry! Grab that noisemaker from his traitorous hands. Just as I expected, but too late. Last, O Zeppelopods, our time together was brief, and so I give you this, my parting gift. Do try not to crush it too quickly, friends. Ha! Try and reach my recorder now, Falcon, but take care. I hear those feet that step around it are very heavy. Chivalry! You preen and princess, get in there and take that recorder. Chivalry! Take the recorder if you like, Sir Tristan. I suspect its job is done already. See now how the zephalopods rise on their hind tentacles. I believe they're preparing to dance. Saints alive, what have you done? Yet again, Sir Tristan, you remain one step behind the present. 
You've shown fear of the Zeppelopods' dance only after they've begun it, and thus are my suspicions confirmed. Suspicions? Brother, I have spoken now, only... Now, now, sir, there's no need to tell big fish tales when the fish in question are already so large. As tall as the Citadel Spire? Hardly. Though each is taller than any of these trees. And those earthquakes you mentioned... I can't help but observe, Sir Tristan, that you did not brace yourself for such a quake before their dance began, nor did an associate of mine native to these parts recall an earthquake thirty years ago. Well, Let me finish. You've spoken extensive lies of these peaceful giants, and I think the record ought to be corrected. It is true that for many hundreds of years humanity has feared them, but the Zeppelopods have never intended destruction. Ancient texts my fiancée keeps for her research describe the haunting sounds of bells from several bodies of water in these northern climes. The giant sea, the terminus, the lake of tranquility. We hear no such sounds now, and so I think the situation has changed. Human expansion and fear must have led to the extermination of the zephylopods in the lake. The terminus can no longer support life. And so these that sleep beneath the giant sea must be the very last. All the more reason to finish them here and now. Upon this revelation from those old texts, I gathered my evidence and came to a conclusion. The Zeppelopods have voices like bells. In the Petrochorus, they march toward the sound of bells. Ergo, however accidentally, the bells of ballast must be speaking to them in some way. But what were they saying? Inviting them to join in the destruction. What else would destroyers speak of? Tranquility, Sir Tristan. We must always remember our tranquility. The patience to search until the one true answer is found. No creature can subsist on destruction alone. I think, is their purpose. Eggs. A bunch of eggs spraying from those things, beaks. Sir Damien, we must destroy those beasts and their spawn, or the next stampede will be ferocious. What stampede? With a bell built upon this shore, the creatures should have no need to leave. Nonsense. All of it. The way you tell it, they're just big puppy dogs. Why would there be a legend about their destruction if they weren't destructive? Because of men like you, I think. Like me? Yes, Sir Tristan. Men like you. Are you the only man to slay a zeppelopod in centuries? Yes. But you are also the only man to have seen one in that time. You killed that innocent creature 30 years ago, hacked away its beak, and brought it back to the Citadel with inflated ego and tails. And I do not know for certain, sir, but if you wish to hear my supposition, this is it. These zeppelopods have been slaughtered for centuries only because of their fearsome looks and the greed of glory-seeking liars like you. You. You... Well, all right then. Suppose I'll just have to jump in there and kill the monsters myself, one by one. I would recommend against it. The dictates of St. Damien are clear. The tranquil path is always the righteous path. I have been reading the saint since you were a twinkle, brother. Don't you tell me what he means. I suspected you might say as much. And so I've prepared for you as well. 
You and your falcon will not touch a single tentacle on those noble beasts, Sir Tristan, or I will ensure you regret it. Well, look who's grown some backbone. Trying to bluff me, brother? Oh, but it's hardly a bluff, brother. You may recall the Queen's letter sent to inform me of your arrival. I told you that the pigeon set to deliver that letter was injured on its way. By St. Damien's divine grace, that pigeon found me. I think you would find its wounds very interesting, Sir Tristan. They were made by the claws of a very large bird of prey, far larger than those that naturally occur in this swamp. Why, I would guess those wounds are exactly the same size as your falcon's talons, aren't they? <sighs> tut, tut, Sir Tristan. Interfering with royal correspondence is a heavy crime, even for a knight. You have proof for any of this nonsense? Perhaps it's on my person. Perhaps it's in my hut. Perhaps I've told 100 men to tell 100 more, and each awaits my signal, or lack thereof. The only way you can ensure this remains quiet is to put away your spear and leave this swamp immediately and forever. You make odd friends, Sir Damien. Can't say I've ever heard of a holy man who consorts with demons. Nor have I heard of a holy man who behaves like a demon. Yet here you stand. Look here, you little... And my name, as I've told you time and time again, is only Damien. I am not a knight. I am a poet, a protector, a devotee of my saint, a man who loves and is loved. These are my purposes, Sir Tristan, and I will not be swayed from them again. Now, if you'll excuse me... I have business elsewhere. Hold on, chivalry. Let him go. We'll see him again soon enough. Aram? Damien will be here. I'm certain of it. I know. Of course he will. But we've been waiting for hours now. Is it just me, or is the Petrichor starting to slow down? We could ask the Keep to look for him, or... There's no time. We'll start without him. Are you sure? Don't we need the magic words to get this to work? I'll say. I've practiced them with him enough times. But you need to keep the altar together. How are you going to do both? Prepare your machine, Alaris. It's on. Start whenever you're ready. Aram? I was... Well, Damien loves his dramatic entrances, doesn't he? I had hoped... I thought that if I... Never mind. Keep! Open the workshop roof! Oh, singing skies! Oh, rain that drums the very ground! Aram, the altar! Keep, a vine! Where was I? We stand in awe of your force. Your creative force, that which we call the Petrochorus, and ask... We ask for a creation of our own. Aram. It will not take your place, O oh skies. It will not drown your music. It will not take your place, O oh skies. It will not drown your music. We ask only to add our small part to your performance. 
Not an improvement, but an experiment as brief as our lives are brief, as flawed as ourselves, a dance that will vanish when we do never to be heard again. Aram, I'm, I'm so sorry. Something must be wrong. Damien wouldn't want to do this to you. I he- know that. Amaryllis, your connection is not so much more precious than ours, however many private conversations you share. He is not a stranger to me. <sighs> four hours. The Petrochorus fell for four hours and Damien couldn't spare ten minutes. Aram, I'm, sh- I'm sure he didn't. Enough. Whatever his reasons. Enough. I needed him, and he was not here. At the moment, that is all that matters to me. Keep. Tear this workshop down. I'm returning to my quarters. Damien, where are you? There. The sun has only just begun to set, and the workshop is but a quarter hour from here. I will reunite with my loves long before the Petrichoris ends, but I must hurry. Sir Damien! I say, Sir Damien! He's a slippery customer, any chivalry. Him again? Persistent, isn't he? But I cannot risk leading him back to the keep. Say, Damien, give me strength. Sir Damien! Sir... Brother, there you are. Curse this old mind of mine, but something completely slipped me that I meant to tell you. I do not wish to hear it. You may leave now. It'll only take a second. See, there's this other mission I had in mind for us, so I thought I'd run the details by you before we head out. You have a minute. I have made myself absolutely clear, Sir Tristan. I do not approve of your methods. I do not approve of your mission. I do not approve of your interpretations of our saints' words. All things we can iron out in the course of our working together, brother, but you see... I do not see, and I will not. There will be no working together. You could haunt my door for a thousand years, a thousand thousand, and still I would never raise my bow to your aid again. I am my own man, and with the words of St. Damien and the words of my heart as my guide, I make my own way. Nothing you can say will change that. I see. You're determined, brother, I'll give you that. Stubborn, some might say. I think you might be right. I really can't change your mind. I'm glad to see you can be reasoned with after all, Sir Tristan. Now, if you'll but, excuse me. And I hope this doesn't come across as rude, me nitpicking like this. I never said I was out to change your mind. I came here to bring you on my mission, and that's just what I'm going to do. You... What's more, I don't think you're going to take another step away from me. Not one. I'm not going to force you now. But all the same, you're coming with me. I'll be going home now, Sir Tristan. The Queen will hear of your behavior. Good day. If you insist. Give a kiss on the cheek to Mr. Lizard for me. If you think spouting nonsense will persuade me, Sir Tristan... Nonsense, huh? (laughs) You're right. You should probably keep that kiss yourself. I'm thinking if I write back to the Citadel now, ask for some reinforcements, have them sent my way two weeks at most, that's not much time. You'd better cherish every minute. What do you hope to gain from this display? Come now, there's no need to pretend anymore. And let's be clear, brother. 
I don't need to tell anybody about Mr. Lizard or your fiancé or those experiments the three of you get up to. A lot like the experiments that got her exiled in the first place, you know that? Wonder what punishment comes for a repeat offender. You heinous, you evil! No, I don't need to tell a soul about your lizard or your traitor. You know, back in the Citadel, we call those both monsters these days. Really makes you think. We all have our purpose in this life, Sir Damien. You and I, we're not just hunters, not just killers. We're holy warriors. St. Damien's own private army. And the pressure from that will crush you. Every good man needs his little outlet to keep him going. So I'd never begrudge you your peccadilloes. Saints know I've had mine. If you spread these lies about me, I will tell the Queen herself what you've done. And what's she gonna do, exactly? Make me retire? Again? But I'll tell you just what they'll do to you, brother. While I'm sitting back and enjoying my rest, they're gonna send a squadron of knights out here, just to be sure. No man can enjoy his rest in a dungeon, sir. And those knights will bring along some hounds, and they'll bring some falcons, just like chivalry here. They'll search every inch of this disgusting swamp, and they'll find your lizard, and they'll pluck his arms off one by one by one by one. So Tristan, And they'll you. find your fiancé, and then they'll find you. And you know, brother, they'll call a pair of traitors like you monsters, but they're not going to treat you like Mr. Lizard. Or they'll be much, much worse. For more hours than you can count, you'll wonder how they'll kill you. And sometime after that, for more hours than you can count, you'll wish you were dead. You starting to understand our situation, brother? <laughs> lies! All lies, is it? Then take one step away from me, Sir Damien. Just one, and I'll send the news ahead. Thought you'd see things my way. You are a fiend, Sir Tristan the Cold. Far worse than any monster I have ever met. I'm sure. Why don't you tell me all about it while we head back towards the Citadel? We got some supplies to pick up before our big mission. Well, you coming? What in Saint's name do you want from me, devil? All I want from you is you, brother. Because you and I are the only two men alive who have performed a miracle. And with this next miracle that we are going to pull off together, those monsters won't know what hit them. If you've enjoyed this tale, please consider donating to the Penumbra on Patreon. Our artists work tirelessly to bring you these stories, and if you have the means, we hope you will support our efforts. Every dollar helps. You can find that page at patreon.com slash thepenumbrapodcast. If you support us on Patreon at the $10 level or higher, you will receive access to commentary tracks like this one from co-creators Harley Takagi Kaner and Kevin Vibert and actor Joshua Elon. Juno isn't necessarily you in character, but voice-wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and delivery-wise. I think yeah. either intently or intentionally or the fact that this has been going on for 
six years, and so... It gets written around. Yeah, my quirks have become Juno's quirks, so the script reflects that. Right. Uh, And this didn't have that. Right. No, along those lines, I mean, Harley, you and I talked about this. I found it. Uh, con- I found myself consistently tripping over the fact that I've been uh, writing for you for six years straight within one uh, very specific uh-huh. context. We would like to give thanks to all who support us on Patreon, but especially to SCP Chloe, Pooja Serti, aka Bring Nureyev back right now, or else the sky will rain fire. Silent Interim, June Gashoku, Kit McLaurin, Aaron Ritson. Don't stop her now. Liv Allen, Alice the Time Lord, Red Ruby Seven Truther, In Memory of Spiral Opal, Elizabeth Dunn, Michael David Smith. This podcast was brought to you by Sir Damien's Wedding Inspo Pinterest Boards. I am shoving Sir Tristan into a well. Ollie Nexus, PJ Escaping Space Capitalism, Caroline Seidman, Radius Ulna, Bisexual Disaster Extraordinaire, A Sentient Can of Soda, formerly known as Jay. Karen ZH, Sir Tristan Voice Yeehaw, Red L, Genetic, Minchowski, and Jamie Gunter for their incredibly generous contributions per episode. Thank you. This tale, The Demonic Dance, was told by the following people. Matthew Zonzinger as Damien, Melissa Enulet as Rilla, Noah Symes as Lord Aram, and Joshua Elon as Sir Tristan the Cold. The Penumbra is created and produced by Harley Takagi Kaner and Kevin Vibert. If you wish to know more about our ever-expanding, infinitely creative team of artists, musicians, editors, designers, and managers, you can read about them in the show notes of this episode. I'm afraid that is our time for today, dear traveler. We hope you will join us again soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.